And I always say to people, more isn't more. Quality is more. And you can either choose to be really, really broad and have a broad audience with a limited connection with them, or you can choose to be really specific about your audience and build a deep connection with them. That is Joe Milmai, a good friend of mine and a multi-award-winning podcaster, especially in the world of knitting. She's also a consultant and a small business strategist in Northwest England. Now, listen to this. Joe's quote-to-quote corporate background was serving as a high-level project management in the Air Force of UK. Yes, you heard me right. She specializes in helping overwhelmed business owners get their enterprise back under control by implementing smart systems and strategies. Now you know why she's super qualified for that. Her podcasting superpower is creating highly engaged communities. And that is precisely why I invited her to come on the show. When you listen to the show, because we recorded this episode a while back, and you were pretty much just kind of sit down with a cup of tea or coffee and listen to two friends casually, quote to quote, check about how to build communities. But if you really listen carefully, Joe shares so many value bombs. Key lessons from this episode how to go about creating the most engaging community for your business so you can sell out whatever you have to offer, how to find your niche or niche and stand out in the crowded industries. Are you ready to learn? Let's check with Joe. Welcome to the Christian CEO Podcast. I'm Kelly Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Hello, Joe. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Good. Thank you. You know, first time when I met you, that's already, my goodness, maybe two years ago, mm-hmm. when we both in New Media Europe, and I was so intrigued that your podcast got rewarded and tell everybody what is the topic of your podcast. It's about knitting. About knitting. Okay, Joe, can you share with us a little bit about your story, your journey? How did you become this expert of the, <laughs> of the podcast? And, uh, and this is this very special, um, topic. And um, it was quite a long and, and winding story, if you will, Kelly. Um, I originally started my career as an officer in the Royal Air Force and I was an aerospace battle manager. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. And which involved talking on the radio all day, pretty much. Um, so there's, there's some kind of link there, I guess. And um, after getting married, I left the RAF. And um, upon discovering we were expecting our first baby, of course, I did what everyone does and came back to knitting, which this was in 2010. And started to look up all of the things to do with knitting and find that knitters had their own online community 
where they all get together and that people are doing these things called podcasts. And I could listen to a podcast and make things at the same time. So I decided to start listening to them and then became friends with the host of the first podcast that I ever listened to. We're still very, very good friends now. And uh, she basically, some months later, after I'd started blogging for a while, uh, essentially dared me um, to start a podcast. So I did. And everything kind of grew out from there. So I started talking about my experiences living in rural South Africa, which is where I lived at this point with my little baby, and a lot of knitting wool, <laughs> um, which is it never gets cold enough to actually wear knitwear in that particular part of South Africa, to be quite honest. And um, it became a way of communicating with the community that I'd sort of left behind in the UK and to share all the strange things that were happening. Because um, we had warthogs eating the grass on our lawn and, it, you know, it was all very kind of out there stuff. And... From that, I started to grow an audience and meet other podcasters and eventually grew two separate businesses out of the kind of community that I got from the podcast, uh, one of which is a product-based business and one of which is a consulting business, So, which, which brings together my kind of Air Force managerial leadership, project management experience with the creative side of things. Um, and so that's how I got to, <laughs> to, to where I am today. And and, and having a, a multi-award winning podcast sounds very official, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it is a chi- such achievement. And okay, for you guys that are listening, Joe obviously totally downplay everything, right? <laughs> she's, a, she's very humble. So let me just kind of brag about her a little bit. Because before we hit the recording button, she just told me that she saw out that one of the coming uh, retreat uh right can we can you tell us a little bit about this retreat yeah so over the sort of past two to three years i've been doing consultancy work with the creatives primarily solopreneurs and um, on project management systems organization and, and managing that overwhelming feeling that you get when your business grows to a certain point and you're still the only person in it and um some of them knew each other, some of them didn't, and I wanted to find a place or create a place that they could all come to and share experiences and and help each other because it's quite lonely when you, you work on by yourself. And from that, from this, this Facebook group, it was just it wasn't a strategic decision, it was just a let's see what happens decision um, for me because I love talking to people, I love interacting with people. And um, so it was a bit of a selfish thing for me because I thought I can help them, obviously. Um, and I'll get loads of great intelligence in terms of what they want and what they need and, and what their attitudes are and all that kind of stuff. And something that kind of came out of it as the community started to grow was that they would all quite like to go on retreat together and actually carve out that time to work on their business and to get this planning piece sort of sorted out such that they could go back and feel more in control of what they're doing mm. and inspired because it's hard to keep yourself going when it's just you. Um, so they asked for it and I made it and they're all coming and, <laughs> you know, for, for me the main thing is you know, to get them set up for the year and empowered in their business and to feel under control but also to, to kind of strengthen that community feel well since we are on that topic mm-hmm. obviously that you know the appropriate question now is Joe I mean how did you go about to create that community um, I would love to tell you there's a blueprint for this, um, and I, I'm not sure what there is. There are things that you can try and work with some audiences and not others. Um, 
And for me, it was a case of following my nose. I mean, we're all social creatures um, in general. And the way we communicate varies. Um, but humans like to be around other humans that are like them. And the way I go about doing it is uh, talking to people. So I interact with them. I look at their stuff. I give them my time. I show them you know, a lot of attention because I'm genuinely interested in what they're up to. Um, and I also find a way to get the people that like the same things that I do into a space where they can all be together with each other and with me, whether that's via a Facebook group or via some other means. Like for us knitters, we've got our own social network um, called Ravelry. It's got, I think, six million users now. Mm. Six million knitters and crocheters, weavers. And they had forums. So the main way I did it for my, my show initially is to have a group on there where we all have our own forum in there where we can all talk to each other and do things together and there's there's various ways you can do it you could do some kind of challenge if that is sort of applicable to you and in the knitting world we tend to do knit-alongs so we all get the same pattern or a pattern around a theme for instance and everyone will, will use a hashtag and we'll all show you know share what we're knitting it with and what the pattern is and our progress and that's how we all kind of the, the main way that our firm works in bringing people together in terms of of around a kind of community feel around a project. Um, we've even gone to the extent of organising meetups at yarn shows where we all come wearing our matching outfits <laughs> and you can kind of touch them in person. Um, and it's about finding that, that way to keep bringing people back together, like you're a party host, essentially, and showing people that you're interested in your care. And there's, there's, there isn't a hack for that. There's no software that, that can do that really for you, I don't think, and have that proper personal touch. Um, and you can't do it for everyone when you get really big, but when you're small, you can. And just trying to make that effort really, really pays off, I find. Yeah. I think even just, you know, again, I think you guys probably figure out by now, Joe is super humble. So <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I just listen to last three minutes, what she say, she basically, okay, she, the tip is you got to go to that your audience where they gather, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of that, you're waiting at home and staring at a screen, right? You go where they gather. And then number two, that just that Joe say that there's nothing can beat genuine in-person connection, right? Mm-hmm. And I think um, in this day and age that although there are a lot of tech tools that can help us to meet, you know, virtually, but if you can, that you still is really nothing be in person or okay even you use skype or so uh that still you crop out the time and me you know just kind of uh uh give your time and genuinely you know care and then check with people and see where 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 they are and see what you can help and i think that's actually authentically it build you the people perceive your leadership position because you are really out there give our value mm-hmm. and and help them out right so you know um jordan i'm curious just how you i mean you share a story that how did you come to this role of knitting but you people come to you that those creatives right they come mm-hmm. to you and say how am i gonna find my niche what would you say I would say don't be afraid to be too specific um, because the more specific you can get, the easier it is to talk to those people. 
And I think there's always an obsession, whether it's blogging or podcasting or any other method, whether you're building a platform on social media, of how many, how many can I get? I need more because I need more. More is more. Um, and I always say to people, more isn't more. Quality is more. And you can either choose to be really, really broad and have a broad audience with a, a limited connection with them, or you can choose to be really specific about your audience and build a deep connection with them. And for me, where are you going to get the best results? And for me, it's always on a deep connection because they'll, they will go so much further for you and, and you for them because it is genuine and, and you are there. And that's probably kind of against the, a lot of conventional marketing advice of just get more and more and more. And the more you get, you can then kind of convert a certain percentage. It's all very clinical. Um, but they've got to like you. They've got to like you to buy your stuff and buy into your message. And um, the only way to find that out is, is to have a deeper connection rather than just a very superficial kind of facade or a shop front um, that all of us, you know, have online. Well, I totally agree with you about that. You know, um, I remember in the earlier days when I live in USA, and mm -hmm. USA is a whole lot easier to go to, you know, all different kinds of conferences, right? Mm -hmm. And I always found myself feel like, not comfortable when I go to a conference that's like, let's say over 800 people, uh, mm -hmm. 1000 people, because I've, I, in the end of it, I still found myself, I only would speak to, you know, just a few, uh, people that you feel really connect with. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and in my business, it's the same thing, just like what you say that I have clients for years. Or they said, if they are not my clients right now, and it's still anytime we pick up a conversation, it seems that we never left. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think that it's so important that uh, when, but just like you say, actually, uh, you know, as a business owner, we have to make a decision what works, what mm -hmm. works for ourselves, right? Uh, either you want to go to the uh, mass um uh, market or you prefer that you go to a deeper relationship with smaller crowd mm -hmm. and I think there's a pros and cons but you know in the end of the day we need to make that decision ourselves yeah definitely and I'm a big fan of saying to people look you you choose your way that works best for you that plays to your strengths choose your platform that plays to your strengths that is the easiest method of you for you rather to, to speak to your people and I'm famously quoted um, in the Guardian, no less, for saying that when it comes to niches, you don't want to be the ready salted flavor of crisps. Nobody gets excited about it. Nobody's offended by it. But when you ask someone, what's your favorite flavor of crisps, Kelly? You're not going to say ready salted. You you're going to say something else. And for me, my favorite is pickled onion monster munch. And I want to be the pickled onion monster munch of my genre. I want them to know exactly what they're getting. Yeah. The whole experience, the stinging mouth, you know, your fingers being, especially when you cut your finger, it really hurts. But know that that's what you're going to get and look forward to it and enjoy that experience than be, than be ready salted because we call them plain in the north for a reason. Ready salted crisps are plain crisps because they're boring. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So really the, I would say, you know, the between the line, the message right here is, mm -hmm. you know, just really be courageous enough. Mm -hmm. be you, you know, be yourself. Uh, because, I mean, I'm going to break this, I mean, poke somebody bubble up maybe, that mm -hmm. really there's nothing new under the sun, really. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, so, 
But you know, it's it's just like okay, Joe is very good at knitting, and she's very good at the project management. But there's a gazillion other people also, right?、Mm-hmm. But she still can stands out in her own way because there is always a crowd,、mm-hmm. like uh, will will like Joe, and some other crowd maybe like another knitter, right?、Mm-hmm. So um, this is such a great message. So Joe, can you share with us that in this very interesting journey, uh, well, between military and knitting, sort <laughs> <laughs>、okay. of natural progression, really, is it? <laughs> yeah, it just kind of jump, I would say. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Um, is any like funny moments or or embarrassed moments that you know you can share with us? Oh, there's been loads. There's been loads, and if you listen to my podcast, it's it's a lot of me taking the Mickey out of myself, and in, in, in many respects, and you know, funny stories that have happened. And <laughs> I'm usually the butt of my own jokes because I don't take myself too seriously,、uh, and I want people to laugh when they listen to my podcast. It is it's purely you know I want them to have fun and to be that person on the train when it's all quiet, laughing. In yeah, a that is my goal for my podcast, and it happens quite a lot.、Um, <laughs> But I guess kind of like the funny sort of entrepreneurial thing was having to organise a big rescue mission for some yarn I'd ordered, and somehow, and I've no idea how, it got delivered to my old. Or they tried to deliver it to my old house when I'd moved, um, but it was four hundred miles away in northern Scotland, and I had two days to turn this yarn and get it back out to my customers. My stuff is never late. That's a big rule of mine, and um, basically, it'd been by some sheer. Amount of luck been given to the the post office that I'd used for a couple of years,、um, and I spent a lot of time making friends with the post office owners and the guys behind the counter and the ladies behind the counter because anyone like that can save your bacon. <laughs> so you want to be friends with them, you know. You want you want to to be the nice woman that they like. And、uh, basically, I had to ring him up, and and I was like, "So how's it going? You've not seen you for a while. I've made time to share. So I think you've got a box that belongs to me." And、um, I can't tell you exactly where it was because he sort of illegally released it because it needed a signature to be released. So it was given to them, and he couldn't return it without, you know, I couldn't give it to anyone else without a signature. And basically, like, I can't, I can't even get there and back in time if I drove. Wow! <laughs> so I had to basically chat him up, and because、um, I had such a good relationship with him, I managed to get him to agree to give it to、um, my VA was still working up there, and I was like, I've, I've got a job for him. <laughs> Help <laughs> me! Once I explain this, I managed to get it back. She signed for it and then gave it straight back to him to send straight down to me to my new address.、Um, and it all arrived. It was all fine, but it was all very. There was there wasn't an obvious way to solve the problem, and really, it was breaking the rules that solved the problem in the end. But I guess the key thing is is, is relationships, relationships, relationships. Okay, people make friends with post office. Make friends with make everyone. Friends with people that you think might not be that important to you are that crucial. Make friends wherever you go, basically. <laughs> exactly. So you know, Joe. So can you also share with us that what is one of those you know godly MBA moment? The moment you realize that your business is way beyond just a business. Yeah, it's 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 strange because it because it evolved so organically. It was almost never like a decision like I'm starting a business. I need to write a business plan. You know, it was never that formal thing. It all kind of evolved. But I guess the kind of the point that always sticks out to me when people ask about the power of podcasting and what it can do for you in your business was、um, a couple of years ago. It was my birthday, and it happened to coincide with a really large yarn event in the UK. So I invited some people to come for, for drinks. We went for, for gin and.、Um, I was sat around this this booth, this private booth table, with all these really funny, smart women 
Some of them were clients, some of them were friends, some of them were customers. Um, and all but one of them I had met as a direct result of starting my podcast. And the mm. podcast was the catalyst into becoming a business owner uh, and eventually advising on on consultancy type matters and project management. Um, and this really simple idea that you can be in your bedroom in the middle of rural South Africa with a microphone and a laptop and you have the power to reach people that you've never met on the other side of the planet and they literally put you in their head with their earbuds in inside their head and to be able to speak to them for 40 minutes having never met them um, is really powerful and it, it was just the realisation of how a little thing can be so enormous and can spark off such a large kind of chain reaction really. Well, that that is wonderful, you know. Um, it's just like when we uh, follow that either it's say our dream or that little voice inside of us to create content and put it out there. We never know, you know, uh, what kind of impact we have made uh, for people's life as well. So Joe, thank you so much for today, your precious time. And I'm so glad we finally get you on the show. <laughs> we have some funny behind the scenes, the tech issue here. So... <laughs> <laughs> But thank you so much, Joe. Uh, thank you, Kelly. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. If you are listening to this podcast, you know you have so many professional skills and expertise that you can contribute to the world and God has called your name. But you feel a bit challenged to transfer it to your online business. If so, you are in the right place. I have prepared three free gifts for you. Just go to kellyballer.com forward slash learn to access. Again, it's kellyballer.com forward slash learn. If you are interested to be part of the CCU campus as we are in the transition phase of updating the website, just email me at info at kellyballer.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O, info, at kellyballer.com and place CCU in the subject line. So my team can place you in the VIP list to receive a special bonus when we launch again next time. For all the goodies mentioned during this episode, please go to kellyballer.com forward slash 051. Again, that is kellyballer.com forward slash 051. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment and drop a review on iTunes? It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com.